Welcome to the Physiatry Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramchandani. We know how important your health is to you, so we focus on delivering the best unbiased information to each and every one of you. This is podcast number 32. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Carolyn Chuddy. She's going to talk to us all about pelvic pain. Dr. Chuddy is a board-certified physical medicine rehabilitation physician and fellowship trained in interventional spine and sports medicine. She's with Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine, which has multiple offices, including in New York, Long Island, New Jersey, Maryland, Miami, Detroit, Dallas, Houston, Chicago, and Atlanta. She works in the New York office. She finished her undergraduate degree, like me, at UC Berkeley, Go Bears, and then she finished her medical school at Western University of Health Sciences, completed a residency at New York Presbyterian, Cornell, and Columbia, and pursued her subspecialty fellowship in interventional spine and sports medicine at Columbia. During her fellowship, she developed a strong interest in the use of ultrasound for both accurate diagnosis and targeted treatment. And here's our conversation. So thank you for joining me, Dr. Chetty. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is going to be a really great talk. Can you tell me more about yourself and your practice? Sure. Um, So my practice is located in New York City. It's called Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine. And uh, we treat patients of all ages and both male, female, transgender patients with pelvic pain. Um, My background is uh, I'm a physiatrist. I did an interventional spine and sports fellowship at Cornell and Columbia and uh, started out in an interventional spine and sports practice and started to notice that a number of my low back pain patients and my patients with hip pain also had some pelvic floor complaints. Um, And I noticed that a couple of those patients also were not getting better with the more traditional low back hip types of treatments. Um, so I started to sort of investigate how the pelvic floor is involved in those things. And that's how I got to, um, you know, my interest in pelvic pain, um, because as I got going, I really saw a huge need for, uh, chronic pelvic pain management that was really lacking. Absolutely. Um, it's hard to find providers like you, even where we're on the West Coast, and I don't know if there's anybody in the area that really specializes in pelvic pain specifically. Most mm-hmm. of us pain management people just sort of delve into it a little bit, but right. uh, there are specialists like you. There's this sort of smattering here and there um, of pain management doctors, but a lot of the pelvic pain is managed by urologists, gynecologists, sometimes primary care doctors. And a lot of the patients, I think, as a result of not having many pain physicians um, from a physiatry perspective, do fall through the the cracks. Absolutely. So what do you see most? What type of conditions? So in female patients, we often see uh, endometriosis as an underlying condition sometimes interstitial cystitis, and a lot of postpartum pelvic floor dysfunction. I'd say those are probably our top three in female patients. Um, One in female patients that we get uh, not as often, but more often than you would think, 
um, is something called persistent genital arousal disorder, which um, often happens in females. And uh, it's a very distressing condition, which not many people do treat. Um, so we do see a lot of that in our office as well. And then in terms of male patients, we also see um, a lot of chronic prostatitis, usually a bacterial. It's already been treated multiple times by a urologist. And we see a fair amount of uh, interstitial cystitis among male patients and then occasionally uh, more like the rectal pain uh, from things like anal fissures, etc. The female patients that you treat, are they... Do you feel like they're more able to come out to talk to you than male patients, or do you think that it's about the same? You know, it's really interesting that you asked that because I would think that. Um, however, I think by the time a male patient gets to our office, they have already been to see so many doctors and are so affected by their condition and their quality of life is so low that they're really willing to just sort of put it all out there and looking for any solution that they can. Wow. And these are, uh, these are very difficult patients to deal with uh, in my, you know, the way I see it. Pain patients in themselves are very difficult, but pelvic pain can be even harder. Did you find it pretty hard to get into pelvic pain and see these patients compared to, I mean, regular pain patients. <laughs> sure. You know, it's, it's really, um, it's been a transition for me because I saw patients with pain before uh, I saw pelvic pain and those patients typically, let's say, for example, a low back pain patient, um, it's, it's typically more acute, or if they have a chronic condition, it, it's flaring occasionally and, and hasn't um, affected their life to the point where they're, they're so debilitated. And if that did happen to them, they likely have gone the surgical route. Um, in terms of pelvic pain, the patients that come to our practice tend to have already done a lot of different procedures and they've tried a lot of medications and they feel like they've really exhausted a lot of their options. So, you know, on the one hand, they have very long histories, um, which takes a lot of time to get, you know, make sure that we get all the right information. And uh, in terms of their physical exam, you know, there's a lot of pieces that have to go along to support uh, our findings. We need to look really at, you know, what's been done from a gynecologic perspective or urologic perspective, and do, does the patient need to be referred out to those specialties um, again, perhaps, even if they've already seen someone. And uh, we really have to address the chronicity of the problem, which uh, you know, as you are well aware, in chronic pain is is very difficult. But we're lucky in our office; we get to spend an hour uh, plus with patients at the first visit, so we really do have the time to get the whole story. And I think that when you want to, you know, really help the patient, you have to have the whole story. Otherwise, a small piece that's missing can really, you know, unravel everything. 
Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the conditions that you treat in specific, uh, specifically. For example, I know we have a lot of patients with pelvic adhesions after they've had multiple surgeries for endometriosis, as you had mentioned before, or they've had multiple C-sections. How do you help these patients without doing surgery? Sure. So um, that is actually a big cause of a big underlying cause of pelvic pain. For example, uh, someone's had an appendectomy maybe five years ago, and then they had a C-section two years ago, but they still have some underlying scar tissue from the appendectomy. Um, And now they have new scar tissue from the C-section. All of those underlying adhesions pull. Um, They pull on the abdominal wall musculature. They pull on the pelvic floor muscles. They pull on the nerves. Um, So myofascially, we have to address these patients a number of ways. The first um, and, you know, safest way is really to use a good physical therapist who can really get into some of those adhesions um, and work on the scar tissue, uh, release that tissue and get it functioning more normally. And uh, other things that we can use, topical creams um, around the scar tissue, we can inject around the scar tissue um, and use then centrally acting medications uh, to, you know, deal with the pain related to those adhesions. So really it's a, a multimodal approach to managing those adhesions. Um, because as we all know, if you were to open that patient up and try to get rid of those adhesions, you know, certainly additional adhesions can occur. So it's not going to, you know, necessarily fix the problem. So we have to address it with a combination of things. That sounds, uh, that's great. I mean, the fact that you actually are able to do something about these patients that are um, in so much pain sometimes. And, you know, you're able to help them out by doing things that are less invasive. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, a couple, you know, as an example, uh, a patient that has longstanding history of constipation and maybe hasn't had, um, an abdominal surgery, but they also have an underlying diagnosis of endometriosis. Uh, you know, endometriosis can cause your organs to sort of stick together, if you will. And the constipation may be a product of that sort of stickiness um, that with certainly treatment of the underlying endometriosis, but some abdominal self-massage techniques um, and some medications, we can get the bowels moving better without, you know, doing any kind of invasive procedure to the bowel. And do you see adhesions in males as well? We do. Uh, Male patients who have had uh, any kind of pelvic abdominal surgeries um, or any bowel surgeries, certainly um, hemorrhoid procedures, any any procedures really uh, can cause the body to have inflammation and create those adhesions. And whether they're large adhesions from a surgical procedure or whether they're smaller adhesions um, from the lack of movement of soft tissue, 
you know, that's something that isn't classically described as an adhesion, but has the same effect, that same sort of pulling effect on the adjacent structures. Right. How about central sensitization for some of these patients? And I know many of my patients have, you know, what we kind of think is CRPS or complex regional pain syndrome, but it's not located in extremity. It's located in their pelvic region. How do you treat these patients and what do you tell them? It's a great question because I'd say many, many patients, I'd say a majority of our patients who have had chronic pelvic pain um, do in fact have this picture that you're talking about, a CRPS type picture in the pelvis. And it's, uh, you know, the concept of pain getting mapped into the brain is something that a lot of patients haven't really heard of before. And the idea that there's this sort of if your body is a stove, for example, and you kind of turned up the heat on the stove um, and, and that being in the brain, if you can just turn down that heat, the pot starts to cool off. Um, and we need to use a variety of treatments to really bring down that dial on the stove. So we need to use treatments locally at the pelvic floor region. Um, and we need to use some mind-body techniques. So we use a lot of uh, meditative yoga, psychology, pain psychology specifically uh, with our patients. And then we will use some of the centrally acting uh, central uh, neuromodulation medications such as the SNRIs and the TCAs, so things like the Cymbaltas and the amitriptylines that we know from the pain literature have success at decreasing that sensitization. Um, and we find that, you know, certainly that's not the only answer. We can't just give you a, an anti-anxiety medication and expect your pain to go away. But if we can use those medications in combination with treating the local problem in the pelvis, as well as, you know, using some of those mind-body connections, we really have nice results. Okay. How about gabapentin, Lyrica? Those are also used, I would assume. We do, yeah. We use the gabapentins and the Lyricas as well for those same types of uh, sensitization. And you know, often we may even need to use multiple medications at the same time. We try to use the smallest amount necessary to achieve the effect. And sometimes it's necessary to use two, two medications at very small doses to have, you know, sort of an additive effect um, versus using one medication and really ramping up the dose to something where patients have too many side effects. Um, we try to keep the levels of the medications really low and use them sort of as an adjunct to the other things that we're doing. And I would assume blocks also have some part in helping you out. Pudendal blocks, for example, I do these as well at my office. Mm -hmm. I assume you do those and peripheral stimulation, central stimulation may also help as well, correct? Sure. So uh, we do some injections in our office, uh, trigger point injections into the pelvic floor muscles, which can be highly effective for hypertonic muscles in the pelvic floor. And we do some nerve hydrodissections of 
both the pudendal nerve and some of the other peripheral nerves. Um, and then certainly if those more peripheral strategies are not getting the results we're looking for, we start to go more proximally. And that's when we start to do, you know, uh, some of the central blocks and some of the stem trials and potentially uh, placing them. And, you know, certainly there are patients where that's indicated um, and we've tried all of the other things, but those are really the uh, treatments of last resort. We want to use as non-invasive and as conservative approaches as possible. Excellent. What else is there that you would like to talk about or speak about and tell your patients and tell patients out there about pelvic pain? Yeah, so I think the most important thing that I've seen in my practice is that there are many people out there with pelvic pain that are afraid to go to someone to have it evaluated because there's a stigma surrounding it. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know what kind of doctor to go to. They don't know if the problem that they're having just is a problem with them and doesn't actually exist in the world of medicine. Um, So there's a lot of fear that surrounds seeing a doctor for pelvic pain. And I think that um, that's well-founded in a lot of our patients because, you know, people don't talk about it. And for example, you know, patients come in and they say, you know, I have to urinate every 15 minutes when we get into the questioning. And I say, well, you know, that's not normal, but that's normal to them because they've been doing that for the past 10 years. So they don't remember what normal was like. And I have a lot of women who come in and say, oh yeah, I'm here for my back pain and my you know abdominal pain. And when we get into the questioning, it turns out, well, they've never been able to have pain-free intercourse their entire life. And that's also 100% abnormal. You should never have painful intercourse. So again, there's a lot of stigma surrounding this and a lot of misinformation um, and a lot of lack of information, really. So I would just encourage patients, if you have anything that's really affecting your quality of life, whether it's, you know, always having to run to find the bathroom or wondering, is there going to be a bathroom when I get there? Or, you know, I'm nervous to try to have intercourse because I'm afraid it's going to be painful or, you know, any of these things, they're not normal. We need to address them. We need to get you back to a, a quality of life that's, you know, not only acceptable, but enjoyable. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you and uh, appreciate what you do. Thank you for treating these patients that are, to me, I find them very hard to deal with sometimes. And some patients are nicer than others, but at the same time, pelvic pain just tends to be one of the harder things for people to come out to talk about. And one of the harder things for us physicians to deal with as well. So thank you for being there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Something that I love chatting about and I'm always learning um, from patients and other providers. So this is really great. Thanks so much. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Chetty. I figure let's keep it short and sweet this week. Thank you again for listening to the Physiatry Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Abhinash Ramsalani. Again, thank you for joining me. If you have any questions, comments, 
or any other topics you'd like me to talk about, please email me at info at painlessnx.com. Thank you again, and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.